you know, we live in such a world right now, the fast fashion. Um, and if you really look into that and how it affects kind of, you know, global environmental things, I mean, the, the production rate of stuff is just so high and the standards for, um, workers and factories are very low. Um, and so it's just as somebody that kind of thinks a lot about all the stuff that I'm doing and everything going on in the world, it's just, if I'm going to press forward and really have a constant supplier, I want to know where it's coming from and feel good about it and feel good about what I'm, what I'm giving to people. You know what I mean? I'm Reg Ferguson and I'm a fashion consultant from New York city, born and raised. I've been helping men look fly for years. And now I want to help you learn more about menswear, the entrepreneurs, the brands, and top fashion tips on the Fashion Geek Podcast. I've loved bags since I was a kid. I love them because you can put stuff in them. <laughs> that age, I often got carried away in an attempt to put my life's possessions in. I have had so many bags in my life, in different types. Backpacks, messenger bags, duffel bags, tennis bags, tote bags. That's all I could think of right now. Should have seen me in high school. It was hard for a bag to make it through a marking period. The handles and shoulder straps could not make it through the stress, through scholarship that I was bringing. For me, bags are not only utilitarian, but they are fashion accessories as well. Who in the game is making bags that are worthy of our attention? Yo, this is Reg Ferguson, fashion geek number one. How are you? Welcome to the ride. Thank you so much for listening. I'm a men's fashion consultant here in New York City, and I help fashion challenge men go from confused to confident. Consider me a personal trainer for fashion. If you ever found yourself staring at the closet, not knowing what to wear, or if the idea of shopping for clothes makes you feel physically ill, <laughs> then this is the show for you. My goal with every episode is to help you learn about the people behind the brands and to help make looking good feel easy. If you ever want my help, email me at reg at nyfashiongeek.com for a consultation. If you have a friend who's looking to level up his fashion style wardrobe game, please share an episode with them. While you're at it, if you dig the show and haven't already left us a rating and review, please consider doing so now. Your shares, ratings, and reviews help us grow the show and help us get the best possible guest and help more men dress their best. Today, we're going to talk with James McLaughlin of 33 by Hand who's in Fort Portland, Maine, Portland, Maine. And he and I are going to talk about something that the everyday man should be interested in. We're going to talk about men's accessories. James in the building. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? I'm well, man. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Keeping safe out there in Portland? Yeah, you know, we got a sunny day. It has been real cold up here, but, you know, it's nice. Cold is uh, Maine's middle name in the winter. For real. <laughs> but First you're used time. to it because you're from there I am so before we go into our topic please tell us so what do you do so what do, so you, what do, do you do uh, so um I have a brand up here called 33 by hand. Um, I make primarily leather goods, um, wallets, bags, um, some other small accessories. Um, but I also have been doing, um, some canvas goods. Um, I do what I like to call coated canvas. It's, um, heavy duty, really thick canvas, um, that I coat with a latex, premium latex paint exterior paint um which makes it really waterproof really durable and great for bags um and i've also been just recently doing some merch some uh sweatshirts and 
sweatpants, and I am looking to expand that right now. So, oh, you hit me! You hit me with the exclusive. I did not know that you were getting into gear. Yeah, I had some at the show in New York where uh, where I met you, um, but I've that was kind of some almost sample quality stuff. Uh, so I've just recently found a really nice vendor for some super high quality, really nice thicker sweats, mm. and have just been experimenting with that. Um, sending off my first round to the embroidery spot this week, actually. Oh wow! Is the embroidery spot local? It is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I had to tell you. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Continue. Really continue. Cool. They're called Loquat. They're also a really cool brand here in Portland as well. Okay. Run that name by me again. It's Loquat. L-O-Q-U-A-T. Okay. Yeah, it was like, man, that's a crazy pronunciation. Yeah, they're cool. So let's just get right into that because I don't recall. So for the listeners, James and I met at a show in Greenpoint, Brooklyn called AF. American Field, and it was the first time they presented that show since the start of COVID. Yep. And I was telling James I had gone to the last show, and then when I saw that it was coming around again, I wanted to I wanted to support. But unfortunately, from a vendor standpoint, and even me as a patron, that was the start of Omicron. It was the very beginning. Yep. So it was crickets at the Brooklyn Expo Center. Could have thrown a bowling ball down the lanes. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. <laughs> that was my first New York show, and I was pretty hyped for it. But um, it was still good. I mean, there was still a good turnout. I can't remember if you were there the first day or the second day. I was there Saturday. Okay. Okay. Cool. The second day. So on Sunday, it seemed like kind of the local, kind of the hood came out on on Sunday. Which is oh, funny. okay. Yeah. Well, it's a great neighborhood. And it really, really is. Yeah. Just if you get love from that neighborhood, that really would you know would help you and every vendor. But yeah, yes, it was I went good. Saturday. Yeah, the second day was great. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm sorry that I was part of the bad day. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, well, to be honest, it was just it was it was kind of the numbers weren't weren't a lot different. Um, it was just more kind of the people that were there. Saturday seemed to be kind of people from either other boroughs or out of town or something. Mm. Um, but Sunday really felt like local people, you know, Greenpoint people, Brooklyn people that were kind of really they knew what they were getting into and they knew what they liked and they were kind of ready to find some cool stuff. So, cool. you know, overall, overall considering that Omicron had just hit that weekend, it was a good turnout. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you felt good about it because I came in and I wanted to apologize to every vendor. <laughs> <laughs> like the last time this was so packed. <laughs> I'm sorry that it's not. I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry. I had the advantage of that was my first time doing it in Brooklyn. So to me, it was it was a good time either way. Well, I'm glad. So you know, we try to we try to show love. It's a Brooklyn way. Absolutely. So I don't recall seeing the sweats at okay. all. Okay. So uh, yeah. So my setup these days has been. I like to set it up and kind of make you feel like you're walking into an actual store, um, which helps kind of set me apart um, at that kind of show as well. Cause most people are kind of, it's like a trade show booth or like a table that they're standing behind or something. So um, I like to set up kind of a larger area. I bring my own music, all that kind of stuff. So basically what I have is on one side, if you're, if you're looking at the booth, uh, in Brooklyn, I had on the right all my leather goods on the table, wallets, the um, travel kits, everything like that, um, bags kind of in the back. And then on the left, I had a rack with 
some sweats, some jeans, um, some t-shirts, and some hats. So that's kind of like what started as merch. However, um, this past holiday season, the sweatsuits and uh, most of the sweatsuits, but the jeans as well, were just selling um, basically in competition and sometimes beating out the leather goods. So <laughs> I've really, which is exciting to me because I do love apparel. Um, you know, it, if uh, apparel wasn't as complicated, I'd probably do more of that. But, you know, just kind of easing into it. But I found a really great uh, manufacturer, wholesale manufacturer of some really nice sweats that are, they're like GOTS certified, which is like a, it's a kind of a global cotton certification oh. for like sustainability. So they're super nice. I'm, I'm excited about them. So what makes a GLTS certification specifically? So and what does it, is, it even stand for? It is the, uh, let's see, what it is. It's the global organic textile standard. Huh. Um, and it's, they're made, it's about how they're made and distributed. Um, so, you know, they, they really vet all of their, all their farms, all their mills, and all their distributors. Um, and so you have to kind of apply for the certification and then you're part of it. And then you can put your, that label on your goods. And so the company I've been using is called original favorites. And I believe they're based out of Colorado. Okay. What led you to seek a supplier that had that certification? Um, you know, just getting into apparel, there's a lot and I'm, I'm not producing my own yet. So, you know, I'm still a long ways from, you know, um, kind of companies that are making their own stuff, but, you know, we live in such a world right now, the fast fashion. Um, and if you really look into that and how it affects kind of, you know, global environmental things. I mean, the, the production rate of stuff is just so high and the standards for, um, workers and factories are very low. Um, and so it's just as somebody that kind of thinks a lot about all the stuff that I'm doing and everything going on in the world, it's just, if I'm going to press forward and really have a constant supplier, I want to know where it's coming from and feel good about it and feel good about what I'm, what I'm giving to people. You know what I mean? Um, I do leather of course, which is the byproducts of leather are not always the best. Um, but I do, I source all of my leather through a tannery, which is in central Maine, right near where I grew up called, uh, well, the, the larger company is called Tasman and they are a global company, Though I believe they may have, um, consolidated to just here in the U S but so they have a branch tannery up in central Maine near I, where I grew up. The tanneries in Heartland. I grew up in Skowhegan, Maine. And they, you know, when, when I first started going there around 2013, um, you just go right up, rock up to the factory, um, meet this guy who kind of ran the off sales side of it. And he'd take us down to this massive warehouse space, like almost football field size with just, you know, what they're called, they call horses. So it's like a big rolling kind of rack thing with mm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sides of leather, which is like half of a hide. So, and he'd be like, go pick out what you want. It's 40 bucks a side, which is insane. Mm -hmm. And this is like, you know, the highest quality stuff. I mean, they're making stuff for New Balance and Coach and the U.S. military and all kinds of different companies. Um, so we'd just go pick out what we wanted and kind of ring it up and it'd be like, man, I wish I had like, you know, $100,000 to drop here and just sit on this and sell it off or whatever because you could certainly make a profit on at that price. But anyway... Time has gone by now. They have now monetized that entire room of their off sales. So what all those hides are, are from larger runs 
and then they're kind of the surplus or like the B grades or even lower than that kind of like super low grades. And so they just have all of this sitting there. Um, they have now monetized that essentially that room into its own business called Acadia leather. And mm. you can find them online at acadialeather.com. They're on Instagram as well. And they have become a bit of a national supplier for small leather goods makers. And they've kind of marketed themselves to that, mm. to that market. And so, you know, the sides don't cost $40 anymore. They cost about, you know, 80 for a super low grade to like 120 and up. Um, but again, that is still quite a deal um, when you're looking at premium leather. So anyway, long story long, I guess here. Yeah, um, it's a good story. <laughs> it's um, it is nice to know that I the leather I'm using is the, the production has already happened on that leather. So when I buy a piece of leather, I'm not contributing to more wastewater and chemicals and, you know, those kind of harmful byproducts of leather tanning production. Additionally, I'm kind of buying what's already been done and I'm kind of, you know, you can look at it as kind of helping to use up this stuff that is just sitting, which has already been processed. So it's a small way to, I feel like contribute a little bit to a kind of an upcycling trend versus more production, more production, more production. So that, you know, that plays into everything that I try to do. And so, you know, leading to that, when I'm starting to look at apparel, it's something that I'm trying to look at. So you had mentioned with the apparel and eventually in this conversation, I want to get back to you in terms of the leather and the tanning. Cause I find that interesting for me as a consumer, obviously the adage to me to an extent is you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. but what are you looking for as a designer, as a person with a brand, when you're trying to determine and ultimately selecting this one manufacturer quality of cotton goods pertaining to sweats? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's funny. So we've, you know, we've kind of jumped right into the apparel, which, (laughs) which honestly is kind of a side thing to what 33 by hand really is. And I know it started as just a merch thing, but now it's just, they've been selling so well. And I'm just personally so excited about a good sweatsuit myself anyway. So, um, but to, you know, it comes from, to get really into what 33 by hand more stands for. Typically I do make leather goods and I make canvas goods. Um, and I grew up in Maine, as I said. Um, but so I grew up, you know, with these, you know, heritage brands like LL Bean and Sebago and, you know, lots of like Hathaway shirts, these like kind of worldwide known, brands from Maine that are known for this durable, rugged, but style a little bit, you know, L beans come a long way with their style. It's not like they're kind of setting the trends as far as style goes. However, (laughs) it's, um, you know, it's that rugged durability that Maine is known for. Um, I then took off from Maine right after graduating high school and at first vowed to never move back here again. Um, and I went to Boston and as you know, from, from kind of the background, I sent you, um, went to school for audio production, worked in recording studios for a while. Then went to Colorado for a while to just kind of ski and snowboard and kind of be in the snow for a while. Um, then to Vancouver to finish my audio production studies, more studios, and then to LA for a good six and a half years. Um, so I've spent a lot of time, you know, in bigger cities, in the music world. I'm also a DJ. Um, so, you know, and I also played basketball growing up. That was a huge part of my life. So 
my style is more of a urban kind of street hip hop vibe. And, but where I grew up is this, you know, main kind of outdoor vibe. My parents were super into outdoors. We did a lot of camping, a lot of hiking, a lot of just time in the outdoors. They had also lived in New York and Boston before me and my brother were born. So we did spend a lot of time going to the bigger city. So I grew up with this kind of mix of both of those things. Um, and that's essentially where my brand lives is this mix of that rugged outdoor durability and that kind of street contemporary style. Um, so that's where, you know, the inspiration for my leather goods and the style, um, of them that I produce comes from. So getting, you know, from that, when I was starting to, okay, I'm about to do some kind of what started as again, merch, just some kind of promotional stuff to have on the side. Um, you know, I'm looking at, I want something that's stylish. I want something that's high quality. I want something that will stand out. Um, and at the beginning I was just using some, you know, straight up Gildan, you know, and just, mm -hmm. uh, sure. kind of experimenting. But, um, what I was, what I started doing was kind of doing this bleach kind of tie dye. And with the Gildan, it's, it's a blend. So it's like a cotton synthetic blend. And with the bleach on that material, it gives this kind of gray look. So I was doing black shirts and pants with the bleach and it, it gives this gray on black tie dye look, which is really cool. It's pretty unique. And so when I first started experimenting it with it, I'm like, this look goes with my look. Um, but as I said, now that was kind of just sample quality stuff. Um, and to just have on the side, but with it taking off like it did, I'm like, all right, now I want to look for something a little higher quality, um, a little more unique and that kind of, you know, that feeling of, you know, old school champion reverse weave, you know, that's just so thick and it's got yeah. gusset, gussets on the side and, you know, you put it on and it's just like, you know, you just feel like you just feel that quality and you feel the thickness and it just, it's kind of like retro throwback. And so, um, original favorites, that's kind of what they put out. So, um, when I first got the first samples, I was like, yeah, man, this is really it. So, so yeah, I mean, I had to, you know, to, to talk about the, what I look for in apparel, it's hard to jump right to that because that is kind of a side thing. So I had to give you kind of a background there. <laughs> no, no, no. I appreciate it. And I, now I almost feel bad. So let's, let's get into what you really do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but not to be a wise guy, what drew me to you in terms of your setup at American field were those Nikes. Oh Yeah. Yeah, man. Let's talk about that just a little, and then we're going to go deep into leather and dop kits and all this Yeah, stuff. well, I mean, I am a super sneaker, footwear-obsessed person. I mean, I guess the term that they got now these days is sneakerhead. Yes, you know, sneakerhead. You know, you know, you know. But, um, you know, I was kind of into that world before people decided they were sneakerheads and all this craziness that's going on these days. But, you know, I mean, I respect it. People are into it. It's cool to see it come this far. Um, I mean, I grew up in the time of Jordan, so I was an MJ fan since the beginning. My dad was a Celtics fan, but I just could not get down with the Celtics. And, you know, Michael Jordan was out here doing his thing. And so when I was in kindergarten, the Jordan 1 came out. And somehow we had, I also grew up in Skyhegan. There's a new balance factory. So oh. typically we had to get new balance because that was like, <laughs> that was the cheapest, you know, my parents were not springing for the Nikes, but for some reason, I don't know. When I was in kindergarten, my mom or dad, somebody was like, one of them decided that it was okay for me. It was on, they were on sale or something because I got the, <laughs> I got the Jordan one when I was in kindergarten. The original Chicago Jordan one. What? Which I, still, I still actually have the pair. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess it must have been because I mean, I've read about it since then, and like, at some points, those <laughs> those sneakers were on sale. 
because people like at the very beginning, because they were just a little out there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And sure, if they had some pairs in Skowhegan, Maine, in kid sizes, my guess is those were not flying off the shelf, and they were just kind of sitting. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I if they got them on sale or what. But you know, I had those in kindergarten, and that was kind of it. I was I was hooked on sneakers. Um, and you know, I remember having like LA gears and Reebok pumps, and yeah. having some New Balance, but being like, man, these are not it. Which is funny because I just <laughs> recently got those, the 550s, the ALD, Ame Leon Dor 550s. And I'm like, man, I had these as a kid and I did not like them. And now I got this like green off white pair. And I'm like, these are super fresh. So it's funny how it comes around. But, um, you know, I've just been obsessed with sneakers my whole life. That's hilarious, um, actually. Being in like the dunks in like 99 when they started coming back out with the college pack and like, you know, just following along. I lived in Boston at that time, and there was this place called the Tannery, which was in um, in Cambridge in Harvard Square. And the Tannery is what in the back of Tannery was these a couple dudes like this guy Sponge and a couple other guys. This is, I think before Dion, um, and they had a little thing called Concepts. And it was like in the back of this other leather shoe store. And I don't know how mm. much you like follow like sneaker collabs and stuff. Concepts is now a massive um, brand. They have a store in definitely one in Cambridge. I think they've expanded to other stores too. But uh, this guy, Dion Point, is creative director over there and has done some monster collaborations. Some of the probably my favorite collaborations of all time. They did the all the lobster dunks and they've done a bunch of ASICs and balance and a bunch of really kind of super groundbreaking collaboration stuff. Um, so, I mean, I was, my roommates at the time were big skate skaters. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of like Lakai's and like iPass and all this stuff. So we were just, you know, super into this, into the sneaker world forever. Um, and then I, I was in Boston for a while. Then I moved to Colorado and kind of was like, in some ways off the grid of that, you know, there was the internet and it was like my space times and stuff, but I kind of fell out a little bit as the sneaker world started really ramping up crazy. Um, and then I went to Vancouver in 07 and it was like really, really taken off. Nike ID was just starting, but anyway, I'm getting a little long winded on the sneaker stuff. No, but no, everything's fine. It's all the, all sneaker world has been a big part of my life for as long as I can remember really. So, um, basically when I do shows, I just, I'll bring out like one pair that I have and kind of put them out on the rack just as kind of a vibe. I mean, I have a couple basketballs that I put out. Um, it's just kind of setting a vibe at my shows, you know what I mean? So, and I'll endlessly have people being like, Oh, what can I buy these sneakers? I have like a pair of old Jordan one, like Chicago's and like some mochas, mocha ones that I like put out just as kind of a display piece. Um, and I've always looked at the Nike IDs, but they had some air force ones recently. And I just ended up doing this super fresh colorway with the 33 by hand on the back. Yeah. And so for 2021 holiday, they became like the display shoes and like, Man, they were really good. They were good for business. They really drew a lot of people in. It drew me in. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, probably would have gone past you. Yeah. I'm not lying. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I said, and it was it was good for me, too, because I've been kind of like, at the beginning of when I was setting up shows in like 2017, 2018, doing shows in Boston and stuff, I was new to doing shows in general, and my products were kind of all over the place. I had all kinds of different stuff. And I would see people walking up the aisle and be like, that's my customer, guy or girl or couple or whoever. Um, and I'd be like, I want them to stop. And at that point, almost, I feel like eight, nine times out of 10, that particular person would kind of give a glance and just kind of walk by. And I'm like, man, you, I need those people to see like what I got here. Cause like they will like it. So part of it was developing my own products, but, part of it has been figuring out, okay, what can I put out? You know, the music helps a lot too. You hear the music playing. Yeah, you're like, you okay, okay, okay. 
but you know, part of it is like having some sneakers out there, having a couple of basketballs, you know, so people walk by and they catch the vibe immediately. Um, and then they, then it draws them in and then they get to check out the product and then they see, Oh wow, this is some nice stuff. Oh, look at these different colors. Oh, look at the quality. So, so yeah, that, that, that's where that pair of sneakers came from really. (laughs) Hey, have you ever found yourself looking in your closet before an important meeting event, get together with friends or maybe even a date and said, I don't know what to wear. I just don't have the right clothes. Well, That may or may not be true. One of the best ways to figure it out is to determine what I call your fashion foundation. I've put together a free guide so you don't find yourself looking in the mirror cursing yourself again. It's called the 10 things that every man should have in his wardrobe. To sign up, just head over to nyfashiongeek.com forward slash 10 things, the number 10, to get it in your inbox today. Yeah, I like I said, you know, kudos to you. You had the brand name there. You had your colorway, you know, that was coordinated with stuff that you had, you know, merchandise. And yeah, like I said, no Nikes, no podcast interview, James. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Hey, well, that's what's up. Yeah. No, I mean, for real. So. What led you when you launched the brand? And as far as I know, you launched the brand 2018. Is that correct? Um, so, I mean, technically, I came up with the name and the logo in like 2015. All right. um, but it was very much kind of a, I was working full time at some different jobs. I ended up working at this outdoor gear company. Um, for a good four years. And so I was just doing the brand kind of on the side. It was like nights and weekends or just whatever time I had. Um, I started really going harder with it in about 20 end of 2017. Um, but then I just went full time for the first time, um, September of 2020. So it's been just a little over a year full time. Yeah. Oh, okay. And do you want to explain to the listeners how the SBA COVID grant program helped you oh, your yeah. level up of the brand? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, COVID, of course, was negative for so many reasons and still is. And um, there's really no getting past that. Um, and, you know, respect is due where with all the negative that has come out of that. Um, however, for me, I was able to find some programs that have really helped me, um, and helped my brand. Um, as I said, I was working as a designer at an outdoor gear company here in Maine, um, which was great for my kind of learning the whole industry. As I said, I spent a long time in the, in the music world. So learning how a factory runs, how, products go from start to production, all this stuff. I mean, I learned so much there. Um, I left there in September of 2020 um, and was just kind of like, all right, here it is. You know, this is my time to kind of try to do this. Um, And, you know, started looking at the programs that were going on and there was, it was called EIDL, I believe. Um, Yep loans or well there was loans and there was grants so at first i got a loan for like something like eleven hundred dollars and i was like oh wow this is great um and i had a friend tell me oh man you need to look in the grant program so um i did a little more research on that started figuring out what it was and basically you had to show your revenue from 2018 and 2019 and show that it dropped off more than 30% over three weeks starting in the beginning of March. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was easy for me a little bit once I got the money, you know, to feel a little bit like, well, was this just given to me? You know, am I, you know, it, it's, you know, you have all that guilt stuff about like, you know, well, maybe that's just me like survivor guilt type thing coming from a small town. But, um, basically I got the grant based on my income from 2018, 2019. So because I was going hard, like every weekend 
um, while working full time, I had these numbers to show, okay, here's what I made every month, 2018, 2019. And then 2020, it literally went to zero. So Hmm. I ended up getting 14,000, um, in grants that, um, and their grants. So don't have to pay them back or anything. And that was through COVID relief for small businesses. So, you know, not only finally having made the choice to go full time, but then having that little bit of runway, um, it really has made the brand happen. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a blessing. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I mean, for um, real. I also, I also just, um, on Friday, was informed I applied for another 5k grant, um, a small business grant here from the city of Portland and just thought on Friday that I'm going to get that too. So, um, you know, these resources for small businesses are out there, you know what I mean? And it's like, they're giving the money to someone. So if you work hard and you find it and you present your case well, and you have a good product, I mean, there are some resources to help small businesses. So I encourage anybody trying to make it happen to go, go look those up and see what you can get. Yeah. You are, you are a living, breathing testament to it. (laughs) So kudos. Yeah. Thanks. What made you select? Oh, you're welcome, man. What made you select doing men's accessories? Meaning specifically we're talking bags, wallets, dop kits. How did you determine to have that niche to be your expression for the brand? Uh, well, it's, it's both a little bit, to be honest, when I first started, um, so I had been, I learned to do leather goods, um, with a friend of mine and I was helping her on her brand. Um, and so I almost at first was doing more, uh, women's focused products. Um, and I was, you know, we did a few wallets here and there, but I, developed a tote bag, um, for her brand. And so what, when I first started my brand, um, there was tote bags. I mean, that was one of the first things I made. It's just such a, such a simple thing, such a go-to thing, kind of a universal product. Yep. Um, and so that was one of the first things I made. However, you know, being a man myself and being super into style and wanting to have a nice, luxury wallet and a nice, you know, travel kit. Um, it just kind of, you know, the, the progression was kind of natural. Um, and I do make both now. Um, and another thing is that, you know, I have like a zipper tote bag, which that's, Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like that's for man, woman, anybody that, anybody that wants to carry it. And so I like, I like the fact that there are products that I mean, I I feel like it's so easy for brands to be like, I'm a women's brand, I'm a men's brand. And I like to not only have both, but have some products that are kind of, this is for anybody. You know what I mean? Like there's no lines here. There's no boundaries. It's like we live in a world where we hopefully are letting go of some of those kind of limiting norms. So, um, but that's what I do love doing you know, really nice men's goods as well. And I think there's a place for all of that stuff. So it's been a, it's been a bit of an evolution. I obviously in my research looked at every item that you have. (laughs) (laughs) So more so than I did when I was at the show, because I was really just rapping with you. Yeah. Dude, let's talk about the, uh, I believe it's called the uh, 11 tote. Yes. So the leather The leather tote. looks beautiful. And you're going, oh, yeah, thanks. this is the off-sales leather. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you I'm know, just a consumer, so... The, the, stuff they, the stuff they put out up there is world-class. You know what I mean? It's, it's the highest quality you can get. It's not Italian leather, which carries some cachet in the name. But, um, you know, it's, it's of the highest quality. And there's plenty of different finishes and... You know, so I'm happy to to use the leather from Tasman and Acadia. Um, the 11 tote is an evolution of that first tote that I made. Um, so the original tote I made obviously was a different was with a different brand. So I've kind of evolved um, a little bit, 
And oh, again, when I first started, you know, with that other brand and, and with my with my own stuff at the beginning, after kind of doing my own my own brand, um, I was doing all hand stitched goods. So punching all the holes, sitting mm. down, saddle stitching, which is quite an art, you know what I mean? And there's there's definitely a market for those goods, but it, it takes so long and the price you have to then charge is mm -hmm. is tough. Um and when I went to work at the outdoor gear company here in, in Maine, um, you know, we were on machines all day. It was all it's all machines. So I really got more and more comfortable with machines and you know, bought myself a heavy duty walking foot leather machine. Um so my first tote was called the 33 tote, which I used to have on the website and I was hand stitched. Um, so mm. the 11 tote is a bit of the progression of that. And I call it the 11 cause it's kind of like, it's not hand stitched. So it's not the same, you know, it's, you're just never going to get the same quality as hand stitched on a machine cause the stitch is different, but essentially you don't, you don't need to go that far to have something that'll last you a lifetime. So the 11 tote is the, kind of the basis of 33 product um, in the new kind of manufacturing realm that I, that I went with. So James, I'm not blowing the smoke. Simple, oh, I'm sorry. Simple, oh, no, no, no. Good. Just, just going to say like, it's super simple, elegant, durable, you know? Well, you know, when you talk about durability, I figure that just comes from not just your own sensibilities, but from your origins, meaning, mm -hmm. Hey, you're from Maine. Yep. In which, you know, and I know if you go to Freeport and you go to Beaners, because clearly I've been, um, if you have something that's busted out, you go to Beaners and they will take care of you <laughs> because it's so rare for anything to be busted out. And I do remember a few years ago, and I'm sure you remember this, too. Beaners. People were kind of trying to run game on Beaners. Um, you know, with products like, oh, this is busted. Like, what? Yeah. So I want to talk about, and I'm sorry for overstepping uh, at the end of your sentence there. Now you're good. I want to talk about the inside pocket of that 11 tote. <laughs> what led you to do that? I want to make this clear to the listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, the inside pocket of the 11 tote that we're talking about, it looks like a miniature brief. The craftsmanship looks crazy. I am a bag guy. I love bags because bags have pockets. What led you to create a pocket like that? Because I personally, I'm really into bags. I've never seen a pocket like that. I mean, you know, it's, um, I, I really love using the kind of post and ball closure. Uh, some people call it a collar button. I think a collar button is technically something a little different, but um, I just love that closure. So that's that's how I started making that inside pocket like that. I have, however, on some of the newer 11s, I've started making it without that closure and just yeah. kind of a super simple, um, <laughs> I know, just a super simple pocket that's just open. However, I use like a contrasting color, whether it's a green or like a yellow or something. But, um, you know, when somebody orders online, um, I will make that, that full pocket, um, that, so the round shape that you see there, um, that is, that design came from the traveler bag that I make, which is a more women's, but you know, suitable for anyone cross body bag and the front closure is that same circle um design closure so it's it's kind of a it's a nod to that design inside the tote Whew. it's uh it's pretty special thanks yeah i'm glad you like it yeah for real uh i just i just said to myself i would feel so comfortable putting anything in that inside pocket because of the closure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just, you know, I think a lot of brands do inside pockets and I'm not saying they don't have care, concern or intention, but I just thought yours was over. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you, uh, 
that you like that detail. I mean, you know, with making something so simple with any kind of product, you know, then the, when, when it is such a simple item, then the focus comes down to those details. And that's always been a big thing for me. Um, you know, my mom was always big on like, you know, having a jacket with like a cool, just like the lining is like a different fabric, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, my dad having a shirt with like, you know, you roll up the sleeve and like under the cuff is like a different fabric. And like just those little details have always been so important and kind of exciting to me in any kind of style. I like how you have like color contrast and you have a, you have another bag. It's the Bayside Traveler zip tote, I believe. Mm -hmm. And just seeing that paint splatter <laughs> and now and then as a consumer having an option about what color you want your splatter mm -hmm. um i like that i think it's you know it's a little bit irreverent but yeah that's it yeah but it's it's cool <laughs> it's cool yeah it's it's fun to me to have you know such a uh such a high quality piece and then also have it you know, not be just perfect and, you know, plain, you know what I'm saying? So like taking that, you know, cause it, it's, it's a process to make that coated canvas and then it's all pristine and then you just throw some color on there. And so it just makes it stand out. Yeah. And outside of the Nikes, uh, <laughs> that bag, yeah, that bag popped for me because I just, I just like that just said oh okay that's it's nice it's different it's yeah it's, it's fun it's been fun finding the balance of the with the paint splatter for a while i was when i first started doing it i, I was just putting it everywhere on everything <laughs> um, and so it, it got a little much and that was when i was doing the shows in boston and stuff and i think for people coming up to my booth it would be a little bit like just a little much and people would be like oh okay all right, I'll, I'll come check out this another time. <laughs> you know, so it's been fun finding that balance. I've been doing a lot of like paint now on the inside of things. So you get a nice, beautiful kind of clean look on the outside and then you open it up and there's a cool kind of detail on the inside. Yeah. I like that. I but think. the balance is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, you're, you're finding your way, right? I mean, that's yeah, what we're all sure. doing with sure. our individual businesses. With more time is more experimentation and maturation. And, Absolutely. And, the, you know, the brand has an opportunity to kind of develop on its own. Right. So you were showing me, because of your love of sneakers, and I consider myself a sneaker enthusiast. I don't know if I'm a sneaker head because <laughs> I only have, you know, 10, 12 pair because I'm usually <laughs> suited and booted, right? So That's a too. <laughs> no, that's it. That's the end. Uh, <laughs> there's no more. And I just got, actually, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you with this. You know, you're talking about Nike ID, but I actually took it a step further and that's going to be an episode for you and anyone who's willing to listen. Uh, eventually I actually got a pair of Converse classic one stars done by a sneaker artist. Oh yeah. And you were telling me about that at the show. Yes. Oh, that's right. I was. Yeah. Well, I got them. I haven't rocked them yet, and actually, I still need to have like one or two conversations with uh, Kira made this KMT, uh, so we could. Oh uh, right, I gotta look her up. I I've forgotten that name. Yeah, and I'll I'll hit you I'll hit you up with it. Uh, yeah, yeah, send me some pics. Yeah, later today. Yeah, I'll send you some pics. I remember you were waiting for them to come in at the show. Correct. Well, I got them. Nice. I mean, you know, you had some. What did you have? You had some some. Little fly Air Force Ones at the show, too. Of course, because I'm fly. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I am. Right, right. But, but listen, dude, I think you saw it. Like, I can't tell you, outside of Jordan 1 to maybe 3, you've lost me. Like, I can't quote a number like you. And that's a wonderful segue because <laughs> you have these card carrier wallets, the Fairview, I believe. Yeah. And you did, you did an homage because you would hit me with you like, yo, because what I did and then the Neymars, and I'm like, okay, okay, I know. 
You know what Neymar is. All right, I got that down. Um, break that down for us. Are you talking about the the dot kit that I did? Was it the dot kit or was it a car? Or maybe I'm getting confused. I didn't realize you had done it on the dot kit. The Neymar one was a dot kit, and I didn't have that out there. That was a custom for a friend of mine, um, Chris at North Optical up here, man, which is a great glasses shop, and I've done some. Uh, we have a collab with some glasses cases that are really nice that he has in the store. Um, oh, wow. So he ordered for his brother-in-law, who, like, I guess really loves these. It's a Jordan 5 Low Neymar version. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with 3M. 3M is, like, the reflective kind of material. Yeah, yeah, sure. Usually it's gray, right? So um, the Neymar Jordan 5 Low is the, the full... The whole shoe is 3M, so the whole thing's reflective. So I did a dot kit in basically in the style of that shoe. Um, and I still haven't even posted those pictures, man. I'm sometimes so bad at like posting. Um, but yeah, that was a fun one. I mean, it took a long time, and I, I if I was doing more of those customs, I would have to charge a lot more. But that was a fun one. But I I have done a bunch of wallets. Um, so I did like a little Jordan Five wallet. Yeah. Um, with like the kind of like, if you know the pattern of a Jordan five, the little soul, it's kind of this like, I can't remember what it was inspired by. I think it was like a fighter. Yeah. Fighter it's, it's, yeah. I call it like the teeth. Yeah. It's the teeth. Yeah. So I did some wallets like that with that on the side. I also have some basketball materials. So I, you know, do that. And, um, I've always been a huge Jordan six fan, which is the infrared color, which infrared has been used on a lot of other, other Nikes as well. It's it's basically similar to that classic Air Max ninety, the black, white, and like infrared. I'm not sure if they call it infrared on that one, but I'm getting a little in the weeds with the sneakers. No, but, that's uh, fine. Uh, um, so yeah, that that color um, features a lot on a lot of my products. One of the big um, Kennebec Weekender bags I had out at that show was um, it's basically black with infrared with some kind of like light splatter, which is very Jordan vibe. So. Definitely Jordan Jordan vibes carry through a lot of my products pretty sometimes light, sometimes a little heavier. Yeah. They're just they're just they're just it's just on so, the site. They're so recognizable, you know what I mean? And to somebody that gets it, it just it's a it's a vibe. Yeah. No, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, you having those kicks out there, you know, drew me. And I believe on the website Ladies and gentlemen, when you look at the Kennebec Weekender that James is referencing, it's a duffel, and he has it in leather and in canvas. Um, he has an outside pocket. He has an inside pocket, not like the other one. But if I recall, you had some Jordans in the bag. Oh, on the in the photos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're ready to hoop in style. <laughs> yeah, you know. Rock this Kennebec Weekender. <laughs> you got to know if some sneakers can fit in there, you know. <laughs> Although, if you hoop James, some Jordan why one, is that? Well. well, again, you know, once you start going deeper than, you know, Chicago ones, then I get, <laughs> I just get blurry. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Right. I think. Uh, I have no idea. I like to ask this of my guests. You are a guest, and I hope you come back because you have a lot going on. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Why is fashion important? No, I'm. I worked hard to get you, James. You know that. I was <laughs> delicious. <laughs> um, you know, um, fashion is important to me. Well, to me, but I think in general. And this is part of the my brand story. Um, the brand is called 33 by Hand. Part of it came because I was 33 at the time of kind of conception of this brand. So that was the start of it. 33 was a jersey number for me as a kid as well. Um, Ewing! I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, it was Pippin for me. So, Fine. But, uh, And, you know, we all love Jordan, but there would be no Jordan without Pippen. So we got to always remember that. Yep. But, um, you know, so it's 33, but it's by hand. And again, that started because I was, I was doing all hand stitching at the beginning. However, it's evolved to, you know, style and fashion 
they aren't absolute necessities of life. However, they are ways in which we express ourselves to the world. You know what I mean? And so 33 by hand, it's, it's come to represent, you know, you make your own style on your own, you know, by hand and everything that goes into your own personal style is everything that's been part of your life. Um, and that's the same way with this brand, everything that I make, every color that I choose, every pattern, it's all drawing off my life experience, whether it's in the music industry or in the snow sports world or in the outdoor gear world, um, or DJing or anything like that. Um, being obsessed with high end fashion. So to me, it's important because it's just how you express yourself. It's how you have fun. It's how you show your own life experiences to others and kind of attract like-minded people and have those fun conversations, just like we're having right now. I mean, you caught it from the sneakers. And so here we are having a conversation and I mean, it brings people together and it makes that community and you know, that all of those things to me are very important. And that's, that's kind of a lot of the ethos of my brand and, basically how I live my life in general. So it's a good question. Thank you. I got some others. <laughs> what difference, and you've kind of hinted at it already, what difference has fashion made in your life? Oh man. I mean, a huge difference. I mean, everything from, you know, having those sneakers as a kid and, you know, wanting to get like matching sweatsuits out of East Bay and, you know, um, coming to school and like being like, Oh man, look what he got. Oh, look what I got. You know, like noticing, you know, girls and sneakers. And as you're growing up, I mean, it's like, it is, it's been a big part of my life, basically all of my life. And, um, I'm so happy that I can kind of make it now, not only something that I do in my off time, but something that, um, is really my livelihood. And, basically everything I do all the time. So it's made a huge difference in my life. Um, it's brought me together with so many different people, um, across the world, really. I mean, again, here we are having this conversation. So, um, it, I think it's for, for somebody that, um, can really like vibe with it. I think it's, it can be such an important, important thing. What's the top fashion tip you would give the everyday man, so he could look his best. Oh man. I mean, I think really just, just do what you want. You know what I mean? Just don't let, you know, it's fun to see inspiration, uh, from different places, but you know, if, if you're, if you're in a, you know, thrift store or some, you know, wherever you are looking at stuff like, and you're vibing on something, don't, I would say think less about like how is somebody else going to feel about this versus like, how are you going to feel when you put it on? Cause that, that's really it to me. You know what I mean? And like, don't hold back. Yeah, I would agree. So what does always be fly mean to you? Well, to me, I mean, that goes, you know, it's of course a style thing, but that's also, I feel like it, it's even deeper than, than that a little bit because, you know, if you are, if you're looking fly, you're looking good. But if you're kind of like, if you can also vibe off that in more, more of your life than just fashion, I think it can take you a long way. You know what I mean? If you feel good, if you're looking fly, you act and fly and you're going to attract people that have good energy and you're going to, you know, be better to people because you're feeling good. So, I mean, I think it can go a long way. If you think about it, that's kind of what brought us together. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Try launching a business during COVID. That's a courageous act. Big props to James for not only doing it, but having the SBA small business association, Help him get to the next level and realize his vision. I love his bags and the leather dop kit. That's banging. I wish I could afford him. <laughs> Check out James McLaughlin's work at 33byhand.com. 
Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun and are down for another one. Please tell a friend who could use some fashion help about the podcast or share an episode with them directly. If you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, if you constantly struggle putting an outfit together and are looking to turn that confusion into confidence, I'd love to talk about how we can improve your life. Check me out at nyfashiongeek.com and email me at reg at nyfashiongeek.com for a consultation. A special shout goes for our producer search and everyone down with the Fashion Geek Podcast. If you have a story suggestion, you can email me at podcast at nyfashiongeek.com or hit me up on the Insta at New York Fashion Geek. And remember, always be fly.